Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the weekly walkthrough here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia. I'm your host, Ethan Salm, joined by my co-host, Nick Catlin, in studio this morning. Yes, sir. We have NBA playoffs to talk about. Second round is about halfway through. We're about three games through for every single series, so and it's been it's been interesting. We're also going to talk about the Euros that just kicked off with their group stages just a few days ago. And we're going to talk about the UFC fights, which we saw two title fights and Nate Diaz have a historic five-round fight. So a lot of exciting stuff today. Yeah, it should be another pretty full show for us here on the weekly walkthrough. Uh, but without any further ado, we should probably jump into the NBA. Uh, anything interesting that you want to talk about? Let's talk about first. Let's talk about the game seven we had between the Clippers and the Mavericks. Yes, sir. We had we had we had Lucas step up, do what he what he normally does, and it just wasn't enough. I mean, they lost the game by 15 points. Kawhi Leonard is one of the most clutch players of all time. I think that goes with goes without saying most of the time, but he certainly uh, showed out, outplayed Luca, and. The Clippers overall, I think, just have a better team. I think they rely too heavily on Luka Doncic. He had 46 points in this game, 14 assists, and seven rebounds, and they still lost the game by that much. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. And you know, looking at looking at Kawhi, Kawhi at 28 points, and shot 66 percent. Marcus Morris also played it phenomenally well. Shot seven for nine from three. Yeah, that's. Impressive. Yeah, it's more than you would have expected to get from Marcus Morris in a game seven. <laughs> Paul George shot five for fifteen, but we know we know how he is. Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson shooting the ball pretty well too. So a lot of support. Yeah, and Kawhi Leonard, you know, he has not missed a field goal in the fourth quarter in games that the Clippers have won this postseason. That's a, I mean, that's interesting. 16 of 16 from the floor in games the Clippers have won in the fourth quarter. 43 minutes, 43 points. Also 7-for-7 seven seven from the free throw line in that time. And where was, the, I mean, Kristaps Porzingis was supposed to provide some of the help for Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. What did, you know, remember when that trade happened? And and I said that it wasn't that bad of a trade for the Knicks. Everyone said that was a terrible trade for the Knicks. And now look, the Mavericks. He's not the guy for the Mavericks. He's not the he's not the number two that they need. And the Knicks are now in a decent spot as they were fourth in the Eastern Conference. So, but how many of those pieces? Dennis Smith's pretty good. Dennis Smith's not even in the NBA. What? I'm pretty sure he's in the G League. Really? Yeah. No. There's no way. He might have been hurt this year. Let me research more into it. Oh, he's on the Pistons now. Oops. So effectively the G League. <laughs> well, calm down, lad. Um, <clears throat> but I think he was pretty good for them for a little bit. Obviously, I'm not sure what all came in that, trade. in that trade. Let me find out. But I just they didn't also think. sent Hardaway down to Dallas, I believe. Hardaway's been good for Dallas. Yeah, let me see what um what it was. It's well, let's talk about trades from now when I looked it up. But 
Yeah, there must have been some kind of draft pick or something. Yeah, I bet you there were there were a decent bit of picks. Along with guards, Tim Hardaway just for Delta. So they had DSJ and what else went to New York? They got a twenty twenty three protected first round going, and then a twenty. So they've got some picks too. No, no, the picks haven't happened. But no, a lot of those players are kind of didn't really do much. I would say the Mavericks probably still won that trade based on even the pieces that they still have. Until we see what the draft picks turn out to be. But yeah, I'd agree. Of course, and. But overall, I just I never thought Porzingis was a guy. There was always health issues, and they've kind of lingered, I'd say. They have, and he just hasn't been that good. <laughs> he simply hasn't been that good, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, he played pretty well in the bubble, but injuries kept happening, and, you know, he just he just couldn't. I, I don't know. He seems like he's still dealt with injuries this year, and... It just seems to kind of be a problem, kind of like with Joel Embiid, but we'll get into him later and how well he's been playing in their series despite his knee problem. And, yeah, it's, it definitely lingers on some players, and he has a very long frame. He's seven foot three, so it's going to be tough. Hopefully, if he can get his body right, I definitely think he could be a big, a big help to some teams, even their team, but, you know. Yeah, it's just – it's so hard to see because – if Luka had a number two on this Mavericks team, they probably would have beaten the Clippers. I would say so. Just He just needs a little bit a little bit of help. And with where they're picking in the draft now, because they're in the playoffs and they've been in the playoffs the past couple of years, it's just starting to get difficult for them to draft that true you know, top talent guy out of the draft to come in and, and, and partner with Luka. So are we going to see a trade of some kind? Are we going to see like what... What do you want to see? I've heard, I mean, we've heard this with a lot of teams, but I've heard Bradley Beal thrown around. I've heard you know, a couple other names. But what's the move for, for Dallas here <laughs> to try and get past this this little hurdle in the playoffs? Because well, well, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I would say get someone on the free agency market. I mean, I'm not sure. Let me look up who the... Because they're not going to be able to get the prize guys, but they could certainly give Lucas some number two guy from free agency. So like a maybe like a CJ McCollum. Oh look, Kawhi Leonard. Go get Kawhi Leonard. No, but a guy like. (laughs) 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 But you've got guys on here like yeah Mike Conley. Mike Conley might re-sign with Utah. You don't know. But Mike Conley plays the same position. But you could play Luca off guard. You also have Demar Derozan. Maybe steal him. Go to another team in Texas. He's not going to get a max deal or anything like that. Either. No, so that could be a cheaper option. But it's looking at it, you got guys class. like yeah. It's not a good free agent class this year. We had those crazy ones the past couple of years, which means we're in for a couple of light ones these for for right now. Yeah, I mean, let me see him for maybe the next year, just to look. You got guys like John Wall, Harden, Westbrook. Those are all point guards. But you're gonna pretty much. It's just, it's just something where one Harden probably won't go there because it was Houston. Dunks. No, yeah, of course. Uh, and and two, it's just Bradley Beal is a um, you're running out of time in this window where Luca is not on a supermax deal. 
But the team's just not that good. I'm just saying you're running out of time with the time that you have without the Supermaxes Super are fine. Team. I don't think it's I don't think that's going to be that fine as long as they get him a number two piece and or Jimmy Butler will be a free agent. Go get Jimmy. Jimmy goes plays in Dallas. How old will he be at that point? Thirty three. I was gonna say he's not a young buck anymore. But no, he can still contribute. But you have some you have some pieces. Out there, Zach Levine. Stop it. Zach Levine Stop. goes down to Dallas. Stop it. It's time. Nope. Someone's got to give him what he needs. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> no. But yeah, that's it on the Mavericks. Yeah, of Another course. disappointing end of their season. Of course. Let's get into the... Let's get into what's actually happening now. Want to start in the East or the West? We can start in the Western Conference. Well, should we start with my NBA title favorites? Sure, go ahead. Phoenix Suns up 3-0 in that series over the Nuggets and the MVP, Nikola Jokic. And to be fair, it has not been Nikola Jokic's fault that they are down 3-0 in this series. No, it has not been. He's averaging 26 points and 14 rebounds and 6 assists. I mean, that's a very impressive stat line. And, yeah, like you said, he's been he's been playing well. He played phenomenally well uh, yesterday. He had, like, what, like 32 points, 20 rebounds, and, like, 10 assists. And he still lose by 14 points. So yeah. It's just... They just don't be, have Jamal it's Murray. Gonna be, yeah. It's like, going to be the, one of the biggest what-ifs of the playoffs is if they had Jamal Murray. Yeah, I mean, who who are they playing in front of him now? Austin Rivers, correct? Or Compazzo is his name. Like, like a rookie. Those guys are just not on not Jamal. Jamal Murray. <laughs> yeah, they're and they and they can't be expected to be. Like and when you're playing a team with that is as guard heavy as the Suns are, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Devin Booker's arguably the best young scorer. I would say probably the best young scorer out of any of the under twenty five guys, you might say Jason Tatum, maybe, but you don't think Luca. You don't think Trey Young. I don't know. It's I don't tough. know. It is you no, know, it's a tough answer, but I don't know. I'm putting Devin Booker just about with everybody on that list. With that said, it's going to be tough when you don't have Jamal Murray because, and you know they have Chris Paul too, so. It's just tough. And he's been having a phenomenal series. He had that one game, 15 points, 15 assists, no turnovers. You're seeing a lot of guards now. They turn the ball over a decent bit three, four times a game. Chris Paul just doesn't do that. No. He never has. That's why he's one of the best point guards ever. And If he wins a title this year, oh boy. You can see him skyrocket up some of those boards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I like the Suns. I think the Suns are a fun team. Now we like the Suns after no. not playing LeBron. Oh, oh yeah, you're yeah, right. You like right. the Suns. Yeah, you are correct. Some of us have liked the Suns for a while in these playoffs. I spoke highly of them after the bubble. You did. You did. And I like the Chris Paul edition, obviously. Yes, you. And did. they've been playing pretty great basketball. I didn't expect them to be two. I expected them to be possibly top four seed, but. Injuries and things like that help prevail them. And they've gotten great, honestly, just really solid talent with... Let me get to him here. Like Cameron Payne has played really well. There was a lot of disrespect coming from the Bulls 
on yes, campaign. Yes, because he was terrible there. Fair enough. <laughs> Jay Crowder has been a big addition. We've talked about him and how well he played with He's the Heat. He's always on a team that's winning and in the playoffs. And you know who's really impressed me is DeAndre Ayton. Correct. He... He's coming to his own against some of the best bigs in the NBA. And he's always really been been that guy when he's healthy and being able to play. He obviously had that suspension for like banned substance. And then Devin Booker, we know who he is. Chris Paul, Cameron Johnson, and even like guys like Sarge and Torrey Craig. I mean, they've just got depth, shooters, gritty guys. I, I like him as... I, I wouldn't mind saying that they're the favorite coming out of the West right now. With how they're with how they're playing. They have to be. Hmm. Especially with how tough that Utah series is. Which Utah is now up two to one. They lost last night. They did lose last night. Pretty bad in LA. And you're the one who always says about the series. Not in trouble until you lose at home. And nobody has yet and Except for the Nuggets. Yeah, except for the Nuggets. And, and the Sixers, but... <laughs> yes. But they're okay. Yeah, the they Sixers are fine. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixers are fine. Um, but going back on... But going back on the Utah series, what has... What have you noticed, and what have you kind of taken away from that? Jordan Clarkson's been balling. He has. Jordan Clarkson's been getting buckets. And, and Donovan Mitchell, I mean, with the exception of last night, last night was not his best night. Uh, but with the exception of that, just so far throughout the playoffs, he's been unbelievable. After missing that first game against the Grizzlies and stepping back in, he's been 30, 40 points a night. Yeah, he's averaging 37 points on the series. He really, when you look at, when I talk about these young shooting guards, you know, I saw the other day, did you see that start? Do you ever see those start, bench, and cut things? Yeah. So it was like start, or it was like start, cut, bench. It was like Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, and Donovan Mitchell. And honestly, you could say you can start Donovan Mitchell with how well he has played in the playoffs. I think you have to. Well, it just depends on what you need. But they're all, you really can't go wrong with any of those guys (laughs) at this point. Like, they're all very talented. But Donovan Mitchell has really, especially in the bubble in today, has really stepped up his game. I saw he hurt his ankle at one point, but is he okay? It seems like he's... I think that's what he missed. I mean, that's what he missed the first game of the Grizzlies series with, and I, I think, yeah, he did get it caught in game two, but he stayed in the game and played, so... Yeah, I didn't think it was too serious, but just making sure. But, yeah, the Clippers, they're going to need they're gonna need a lot out of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You're just not going to get it out of... Most of the rest of the team. Terrence Mann, not reliable. Even guys like Reggie Jackson, hit or miss. So you're going to need guys like Paul George to step up in this series, and especially in Game 4, it's going to be over. I mean, we're not in trouble until you lose. No, you aren't. And to be fair, they were down 2-0 in the last series. They were. But no team has been down 2-0 in back-to-back playoff series and won both of them. I mean, I definitely think if anyone can do it, it's this Clipper squad. But at the same time, it's one of those things where this, is, this isn't this is just the Mavs that's just carried by Luka Doncic 
and not doing, you know, nobody else is really doing anything. This is a team where you have Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Jordan Clarkson, who won six men of the year, stuff like that. So you, so you have a lot more problems. And Rudy Gobert, who just won his third, third straight, or third, excuse me, just third defensive player of the year. Who's, Which is, I mean, he's, we've known he's one of the best defenders in the Oh, of course. He's had, that was a toss-up between him and Giannis the past couple. <laughs> and yeah, you look at game one of this series, which was the closest game by far. Or game two was a six-point game, but game one was a three-point game. Where you have Marcus Morris in the corner. He catches the ball. He does a pump fake on Rudy Gobert. Gets him in the air. And then he doesn't go into him. Takes a sidestep and then gets blocked. It was pretty tough. So, pretty tough to see in that regard because they could have went overtime in that one if he just went into him. But the Clippers overall might just be overmatched in this series. That's how I've interpreted it so far, But despite their Game 3 um, smashing. So what do we expect for Game 4? I'm expecting... Bounce back from the Jazz? I'm expecting... somebody I'm expecting needs bounce to bounce back from the Jazz. That's what I'm expecting personally, but like you can never count Kawhi Leonard out at the same time, even though the Jazz have so many more players, Joe Ingles as well. And it's just a little... It's a little worrying to go against when you're the Clippers and you're kind of more of a defensive team. And you have to have like Luke Kennard playing 17 minutes... And Patrick Beverly's playing 16, and it's just rough. And they're going to need maybe more out of Rondo. Is he not playing? Is he hurt? I thought he was playing. He didn't he play played, in Game 3. He played. In, he certainly has played in the series. Yeah, but he didn't play in Game 3. I'm not sure what's going on there. Me neither. But I saw that on a StatMuse tweet, too. Interesting. That is, that is yeah. interesting. Yeah, that he didn't. It's, yeah. I'm not sure. Maybe something happened in the locker room after game two. I wonder. Yeah, I'm not sure if anyone asked him or anything, but that did happen. And, yeah, I just expected being too much out of all these guards because you need to – they need to rotate guys like Kawhi out because he's just not the guy who's going to play 48 minutes like a lot of other – like he played 37 minutes in this last game, but that's because it was a blowout, obviously. But, you know. 45, 46. He needs some rest. They like to rotate some of those guys in. These Their rotational players are just better, I think. I think we both agree on that. The Jazz's rotational yeah. players? Yeah. And the Jazz is starting five. <clears throat> so if Kawhi doesn't just go off, I think this is a tough... He needs to guard Donovan Mitchell, too. I don't know what's up with that. Why they're not... Because Paul George can also switch on, so there should be no reason why it shouldn't be either of those two. Unless it's like a screen situation, but which happens pretty regularly. But that is for another day because we do not have film to show. With that said, so those are the two Western Conference matchups. We both see the Suns obviously going ahead. Both see Utah. What would you expect from that series? From the Suns and the Utah series? I expect it to be Fireworks. Close. Yeah, I expect it to be close, like six or seven, guaranteed, either way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I totally sure. It's not done in five for either team. No. No way, not a chance. I think the Suns still, I've been saying it, I think the Suns. But 
not a chance that that goes less than six games between those two teams. It's close. I mean, it's it's razor thin. But I mean, seven game barn burner. Yeah, I'm not sure. We're gonna have to see how the game four is gonna be really telling for that Utah series. I kind of I mean, want. They just need to. Utah just needs to put themselves in a position to finish this series quickly because the Suns have already done that. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't be playing six or seven against the Clippers if the Suns sweep the Nuggets. But I will take. Mm, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna favor Utah slightly for the moment, just because of their amount of scores. Yeah. And just because they don't need if if Donovan Mitchell has a bad night, I'm not too concerned. If Devin Booker has a bad night, you you're probably a lot more concerned if you're a Suns fan. It's true. So Chris Paul needs to stay healthy. Another question mark as well. But I really I would not mind either of those teams winning. It's a fun playoffs. A lot of these teams haven't won titles and haven't won titles for decades. So it's fun stuff. Moving on, do you want to move on to the Eastern Conference? Yeah, let's move on to the Eastern Conference. My upset pick was right. I picked the Hawks to win Game 1 <laughs> over Philly. It has not gone the Hawks' way since winning Game 1 over Philly. They're down 2-1 to one in that series. But, it's, I mean, you, you said it best before the show. It's been Joel Embiid showing his ability to dominate another good defensive big man in Clint Capella. Yeah, I mean, averaging 35 points and 10 assists. Impressive stuff. With five... With five assists, ten rebounds, excuse me. It's been... He's been cooking, and he has that slightly torn meniscus, so he's not 100%, and his ability to do that on such a big center like Clint Capella, who does play aggressive. We saw how well he played against the Knicks, catching lobs. Very athletic, and pretty good defender, I'd say. He's blocking a lot of shots. And for for Embiid to do this, impressive stuff. We, I mean, you specifically, not necessarily me, but you specifically have said uh, that he, if he would have been healthy, he probably would have won the MVP this year. And he's playing injured, and he's still looking like he could have won the MVP this year. And it's forty points in the playoffs or in the series is nothing to nothing to shy away from. Those are incredible, incredible numbers. And they're in the driver's seat again now. After losing, even after losing Game One, they're still in the driver's seat. It's Trey Trey Young. It's it's tough when you can put Ben Simmons on him. It's tough for any point guard <clears throat> when you can have Ben Simmons matched up with you. He's too big. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. just he's just too big. You know the whole shoot it over, shoot it over the other point guard, and it's a little tough when he's seven it's, feet tall exactly, and he's right in your face. Exactly, and he's just as fast as you. Freak of nature, Ben Simmons, in terms of his size and his athletic ability. I completely agree. And he's been starting to play a lot better. He's starting to find his role. I don't think he necessarily needs to have a three-point shot like everyone says. It'd be nice if you'd be able to if, – if teams would have to at least throw someone his direction when he was on the line. We don't need him to shoot the three like Steph Curry. No. <laughs> We just need knock down the open shots. Just need him to be able to hit the occasional open three, so they have to rotate someone out to him on the arc. Exactly. It's yeah. It's not something where he needs to to be an elite three point jump shooter. It's just not his game. He just needs to develop enough of a three point jump shot to not be like, yeah, 
shoot it if you're the other team. And when you look at the Sixers team, and when you just look at Embiid specifically, you see a guy who you're never really questioning his basketball ability. It's more so what's he going to, like, what's his health? It's just been pretty much just a hindrance to his career the entire time. It's what's been stopping the process. But the process is... Processing. Yes. <laughs> yes. And if they can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's a that's a decent season, especially if they can compete against the Nets. It's a good matchup for Giannis against the Nets. <clears throat> it's a good matchup. Or not Giannis, but it's a good matchup for Embiid against the Nets. Yes, of course. Yeah. It is. He should be able to dominate whoever they put on him. Yes, hundred percent of what DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, and Nicholas Claxton. Yeah, I don't see one of those dudes being able to stop the wrecking ball that is Joel Embiid. And then the Bucks, the Bucks and the Nets, the last series we haven't talked about yet. Of course, and you can go ahead and lead in this one, sir. Well, Brooklyn is in the position that I thought they would be in at this point. They're up 2-1. They could have been up 3-0, but they're up 2-1. I feel like they're still firmly in control of this series and the way it's going. They did not have a good shooting night, a good scoring night for them in Game 3. Interesting game. Yeah, it was not something where you expect to see the, the Brooklyn Nets with the scores that they have on that team scoring, what, less than 90 points? Yeah. Not something you expect to see, a good defensive performance by the uh, – the two-time most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, good defensive performance from him, and, and he got some help in terms of being able to win that game. But it's just something where if James Harden was healthy, this wouldn't even be a series. It simply wouldn't even be a series if James Harden was healthy. You're probably correct. We don't know that, but you're probably correct. I mean, it's James, a reasonable assumption to make. This team is much better statistically and winning percentage-wise. Pretty much in any category when James Harden is out there playing with this team. Because he's a great facilitator. He can shoot the ball, do anything he really wants offensively, and pass the ball efficiently. So, yeah. I mean, this team is this team is ready to play in at 2 o'clock today. And it's going to be it's going to be fun. I mean, the Bucks are and they must James win. James Harden's not playing again, right? Pretty sure James Harden's out. Uh, yeah, James Harden's out for Game Four. But even if the Bucks win Game Four, James Harden might come back Game Five, and then and then it's it's probably going to be over, like you said. So <clears throat> it's going to be interesting if he can come back if the Bucks can win Game Four, because the Bucks do need to win Game Four, a hundred percent. I think we both agree with that. The Bucks needing to win Game Four. Yeah, yeah they can't go down three one. And and I just I don't know Giannis Giannis has played a lot better. Chris Middleton needs to needs to step up, I'd say, and start to shoot the ball efficiently. And just overall, they I just don't think they have the talent to beat them, <clears throat> even with Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday hasn't played poorly. Hasn't played poorly, but like. But, like, if you look beyond that, I just think when you have Kyrie, Kevin Durant, who consistently is going to be a problem, and you have to account for that problem or it's going to be an— Reaper. 
Like you have to either account for that problem and give up 30 pretty much usually or you don't account for it as much and then he's going to drop 40 and you're definitely going to lose. Yeah, he's a 30-point scorer night in and night out. But that's if you're, you know, on your P's and Q's because... Especially in the playoffs. Yeah. And obviously in their last game win, they only scored 86 points to win. I'm talking about uh, the bu- the Bucks. We're going to we're gonna have to score more. Simply, they're going to have to score more. Giannis shot 45%. One for eight from three. That picks up a lot of his percentage there. And 33 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, five turnovers as well. But, I mean, overall, he's starting to score the ball better in the playoffs, I think. He's starting to become more aggressive, understanding what he needs to do. Chris Middleton didn't shoot so the ball. So we're, we're done with the Giannis playoffs, Lander? I mean, we're still going to need probably more out of him, even even in this series, than 33 most nights. You're going to need probably 40, getting closer to 40. Chris Middleton had 35 in this point in this game. They both, in fact, so neither of them. Giannis ne- scored how many in Game Three? Hold on, okay. just get, let me let me give okay. a stat here. They had 33 points. Chris Middleton had 35. Nobody else on the team had double digits. That's what I was going to ask. That's what I was going to ask. So those two combined for 60. Drew, Drew Holiday had nine on 14 shots. So he shot four for 14. So those two had 68 points. Yes. And the Bucks scored how many points? 86. The rest of the team had 20 points. Less than that. Oh, 18. Yes. Everybody else as a whole contributed 18 points. Yeah. That's That's terrible. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) No, it is. That's terrible. And they keep trying to say that their supporting cast is getting better. They're supporting him. That's terrible. But Drew Holiday, I think, is an upgrade from Eric Bledsoe. He needs to score... They it won. To score. I don't care if they won. They scored 86 points. <laughs> <laughs> they had two players combined for three quarters of their points. That can't happen. But they played good defense. I mean, yes. But that can't happen. You have to have, you have to get help. McDo Harris shot one for eleven. You have to get you have to get Lopez. You have to get you have to get You're correct. Connaughton. You're correct. You it was a weird game. But they did only score 86 points in Game 2 when they did get blown out by 39 points. That's going to happen again. It's going to happen again. If the only people scoring are Chris Middleton and Giannis, that's going to happen again. Let's see how the scoring was in Game 2. Calm down. It's going to be okay. Chris Middleton didn't play well in that game, I don't think. Probably not. He shot 7 for 20. Not his most efficient shooting night. Giannis shot... Eight for fifteen. He only played thirty minutes, probably because they were getting blown out so they were bad. Losing the game by forty points. <laughs> <laughs> There's no sense in getting and putting them in the game. They're not going to make up forty points in the second half. Perhaps not. No, but perhaps. <laughs> not perhaps. They're not making up forty points in the second half. They don't, Come have, they don't on. shoot the three-point ball well enough to to make up forty points in the second half. Oh, now you're being disrespectful to Chris Middleton. You just said it was he was not efficient in that game. Yes. But they do have Bryn Forbes, who shot two for four from three. Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> but you are correct. I just Ugh. don't think, unless Giannis is going beast mode, regular season mode, which is just more difficult to do, obviously. 
it's just going to be tough for him to win this series, especially with, like you said, if you put all those guys on the on the chart and you're like playing pickup, I think you're going to pick probably out of the top four, you're definitely going to pick Giannis and then probably Kevin Durant first and then Giannis, Harden, whoever. You can interchange those two even, but and then you're going to pick Kyrie. And I just think that the firepower is just too much. Joe Harris, guys like that, they just play too well together. And that's what we're seeing. But we are going to take a short break, and then we're going to talk about the Euros that just started in uh, European soccer. So stay tuned. Now that I've gotten on the internet, I'd rather be on my computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. Changed our lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think they're being followed now. Don't look. Just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. For almost two centuries, Americans have enjoyed the valuable privileges of freedom. Now, freedom needs each American to dedicate himself to its preservation. We must not allow our liberties to be endangered by neglect of our duties as citizens. During this year of rededication, join with your fellow Americans in reaffirming the principles on which this country is founded and the safeguarding of those principles. Make it your business to see that federal, state, and local governments are conducted honestly. Help to maintain the good morale of your sons and daughters in the armed forces. Learn the facts about all candidates and issues. Then, vote for the one you believe in. Make the most of every minute on your job. Produce as much as you can, and thus increase our military and economic strength. Work for better schools and a better community. Guard your American heritage of freedom. It needs you. How was your day? Fine. Did you learn anything new? No. Anything I should know? No. Is everything okay? Yeah. Sometimes it can be hard to connect with teens. Use Connect With Me activity cards to deepen your conversations. Visit health.mo.gov connect to access these free cards and other resources. A message from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. I see your dirty face high behind your collar. What is done in vain? Truth is hard to swallow, so you pray. Welcome back inside our studio here at the Mizzou Student Center in Columbia, Missouri. It's another hot one here in Columbia, so stay cool if you are in the area. And we just finished talking about the NBA. We're going to start talking about some UEFA Euro 2020. Yes, we know it's 2021, but the tournament, UEFA Euro 2020. Uh, which started earlier this week. The scariest moment out of the entire thing came from the Denmark-Finland game, which took place yesterday, uh, in which Christian Eriksen collapsed just before the first half ended, about the 43rd-ish minute. Very scary. He went down. There was no collision or anything like that. Uh, 
he was down for a long time. The teammates huddled around him so the cameras couldn't see exactly what was going on with him, but the few shots we did see of him before the teammates huddle up were very, very scary. Uh, not, not anything you ever want to see in any sporting event. He was stretchered off, it looked like, on a ventilator yesterday. The game was postponed a matter of hours and resumed. The second half resumed later in the day, a couple hours later. Finland scored the alone goal of this match in the second half, uh, winning the game one nothing. No celebration, of course, after the goal or anything like that. It was questionable on whether they were even going to play the game yesterday or not. We've heard reports this morning coming out of the medical team for the Denmark national team saying that Christian Eriksen was in fact gone and then revived on the field with a uh, chest compressions and a defibrillator, all of that good stuff and medical technology and quick thinking by both the Denmark captain to turn him over on his side and start the compressions and the medical staff in the stadium for Denmark and Finland rushing out there and quickly getting it all together to, to keep Christian Eriksen alive. Yeah, and I was not watching the game. I was at work, but like I had seen, you know, social media and stuff, a lot of support for him. And yeah, it seemed like a very scary situation. And I'm just glad, glad he's in stable condition. I know that they're doing like further evaluations. That was yeah, he was saw, awake. We were told he was awake at the hospital, or he was taken somewhere in somewhere in Denmark. Uh, he was taken to the hospital, and he was awake and, and somewhat alert, I believe there but obviously we will probably not see him again in this tournament or anytime here soon of course Serie A champion with Inter this year big part of that team big part of Tottenham's teams in the past and a lot of support for him we saw his Inter teammate Romelu Lukaku score for Belgium in the game that came after shout Chris Chris uh, you know to the camera in the celebration giving his support out to that so just a scary day as a whole yeah of course and looking at the actual tournament who do we see as uh potential winners of the uh, belgium looks strong yesterday winning their first game three nothing over russia uh belgium expected to go far in this tournament have some great great pieces kevin de bruyne coming back from injury will be huge for them he's not back with the team yet after suffering that orbital fracture in the champions league final but he will hopefully be returning in the near future for Belgium, England, of course, gets off to a strong start today. Raheem Sterling, a goal, putting them ahead of Croatia, one nothing. Both big saw win. that one. Big win for the three Lions. Italy uh, this, beat Turkey 3 nothing. Huh? Italy? All the way back on day one, Italy did start off strong. I'm not sure how well they will play throughout the rest <laughs> of this, but Italy did start out strong beating Turkey. Uh, just, I mean, other teams, France, obviously France is, Portugal, a, France is an absolute gauntlet of a team that you can't... Germany. Yeah, France is an absolute gauntlet of a team that you could never count out from anything. As you said, Germany wouldn't surprise me if they made some noise in this tournament. Spain, another one, Portugal. Uh, so a lot of the big... Czech Republic. <laughs> a lot of the big <laughs> European teams, uh, European countries... With, with really strong teams, and it should be a very interesting tournament to watch with most of the top teams in the world playing in this tournament. Yeah. No, uh, 
Yeah, I definitely look at it like that. I'm really excited to see France play. Hopefully all their guys are good to go and stuff because they are quite the team. And they open up with Germany in their first game. So. They are quite the team to watch. So exciting stuff in that regard. Well, did you have anything else you wanted to say about the, the Euros, mate? I uh, know we'll obviously have more to talk about here in the in Yeah, the of weeks. course. Uh, I won't be around next week for the show. I'll be out of town at home. Well, you but, heard it here first. Huh? You heard it here first. There you go. I will not be around for the show next weekend, but by the time I'm back the week after that, there'll be plenty and plenty. Then we can have a, season, a season finale. Correct. We have a finale um, because that'll probably be – that the would last, be the last one. last one of the season. This was a fun season with you, bro. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. It was, a, it was a good one. Might be the second to last one until the fall today, so mm. – Unless we figure out the technology to get me to call in next week, you never know. <laughs> you never know. We can we can ask around, see what we can do. Um, but yeah, expect an announcement on the at weekly walk KCOU Twitter. So fun stuff in that regard. Um, but yeah, moving on from the Euros uh, since that just kicked off and stuff like that. You had UFC two sixty three um, last night, and. Wow, was it was it a fun show? We started off. We'll start off with the third to last fight. You had Leon Edwards going off against Nate Diaz, going up against Nate Diaz in a fight that was f- five rounds. In a fight that was not a main event, was not a title fight. Those are usually always the two denominators for what causes a fight to be five rounds. Neither of that was the case for this one, but they made it five rounds anyways, and it was awesome. Leon Edwards. Showed why he's on a 9-5 winning streak. Outclass Nate with leg kicks, just regular kicks, punches. Even in grappling, he did pretty pretty well overall. Nate then, with about a minute left, hits Leon with a 1-2 that just staggers him. And he points at him and then goes for the kill. Doesn't have enough time. Leon survives. And that's all she wrote. And I know you probably saw the replay of that, and it was certainly a little disappointing to see Nate not go in for the kill because if he hits him with about one or two good shots, I feel like he could have went to the body more too. I don't know. He just kind of headhunted for a while. But it was a, definitely a fight, and it was very exciting. The energy in Arizona was phenomenal. Nate did not lose any stock, especially after that finish. Finishing and closing moments. And uh, since the Masvidal fight, but let me double check that. And that fight was in, in at MSG. And because it had been quite a minute since we'd seen him in the in the yeah, UFC ring. It has. And um, yeah, it since November of 2019, so almost uh, about a year and a half ago. That fight, of course, went three rounds and then was stopped by the doctor. So. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff for sure. It was still a fun fight to watch and everything like that. Um, moving on beyond that, we had two title fights. We had Davison Figueredo defending his title once again against Brandon Moreno. A rematch. They fought to a draw last time. Brandon Moreno, and this just my one of my moments of the week. I'll have another one as well. Unless you steal from me. You might, it might actually be yours. But Brandon Moreno gets the job done. Really does a great job in the boxing department. Their stand-up was pretty 50-50 in the first one. That's why they fought to the draw. And, wow, he had he had some great grappling in there. 
looked like the bigger guy, grappled extremely well. And he's just such a – I'll get more into, like, his underdog story here in a few moments, but just a great rear naked choke he put on him. And I know you watched that. Yeah, I did watch this one. This is about when I turned it on. I usually don't turn these on until we get to the to the title fights anyways, just because I'm not as, as big into it as you are, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, this was – I had a good feeling about him just from watching just the promo gave me a good feeling. If you would have asked me to pick before the fight who I thought would have won, never watching either one of these guys fight before, I think I would have said Moreno. Obviously hindsight twenty twenty, but I think I would have said I think I would have said Moreno and I think he had won probably what he choked him out in the third round, right? Yes. Yeah, I think he had won all three rounds up to that. Yes, point. he say, was. I texted you and said he definitely had won the first two and then he and then he uh, got him to tap in the third, so. Yeah, and, you know, he's a very nice guy, real nice underdog story, and it was exciting to uh, to watch. Oh, and just the d- display of sportsmanship from, how do you say his name, Figueroa? F- yeah, Figueredo. Figueredo. He, um, At the end of the fight, when he, he you know, picked him up and put him on his shoulder. And it was pretty tense before, like, you know, he had shoved him at the pr- press conference weigh-ins and, and or, or standoff, excuse me. And there was just, you know, back and forth and stuff. But Moreno's a great guy. Um, Figueroa, uh, just his, his interview, too, all class, all class from him. Yeah. He's playing the red stripe in his hair. Is there a reason? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's a weird look. It's interesting. And then, last but certainly not least, is Rod Asanya after losing to Jan Blachowicz at 205 to try and become double champ. Goes back down to defend his title, defends against Marvin Vittori, and pretty much dominates him. He Even when he did get taken down, he showed that he's a much better grappler than he was three years ago when Vittori won that third round in their first fight. And Israel got it done, and... It was impressive stuff. So it was an interesting. It was an interesting fight because, you know, people thought that maybe Vittori was going to be able to do that again. Not the case. Is he fifty forty fives him across the board? Shows why he's that's, why he's who that's he all is. Five rounds, correct? Yes. Okay, I wanted to make sure that's yeah. ten nine all five rounds. Okay, and Moreno gets the job done after the draw. Israel gets the job done. After he beat Vittori the first time. So Israel is obviously going to probably move on and go fight Robert Whitaker sometime later this year, which is going to be a fun fight. That's the, another rematch. <laughs> a rematch of their first time. That's how Izzy got the belt. But he knocked him out in the second round. So it'll be an exciting one. Izzy was playing with him last night a little bit too. The crying at the end. The... It was fun. Yeah. Smacked his butt at one point. Yeah, he was... He was never in any jeopardy of losing that fight, and he knew it. Yeah, he had a good time, and Israel was... Playing to the crowd a little bit. Yeah, Nate was too, to be honest. He was playing to the crowd a little bit too much at times, I think, but it was a good... Great fights all around, and yeah, I expect that is the um, Robert Whitaker fight here soon. Robert Whitaker, after getting knocked out, has won three straight fights. It doesn't seem like Adesanya picked up any big kind of injuries or anything like that that would postpone that any further than the normal length of time. So, Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. And, yeah, that's, that's about it for me. Uh, I'll give you my moment of the week. Obviously, Moreno getting the job done. And... Yeah, I mean, just to go back, 
go back and look at his history. He was on the Ultimate Fighter season 24. He was the last pick, signed the lowest seed. Then he was eventually signed with the UFC. He was cut after two fights skid, eventually returned, earned the title shot, fought to the draw, and came back and won it eventually with that rear naked choke. Kind of a rocky type of story, and it was it was really exciting to see. His reaction was phenomenal. He finished him, and he was kind of in a daze. It was like he didn't even know. He didn't even realize what he had done. So phenomenal stuff out of him, and it was a good it was a good MMA moment for sure. But other thing for you, if you didn't find one, softball. Oklahoma came back and beat Florida State. Uh, yes, they did. My moment of the week has to be the, the response to the Christian Erickson injury yesterday. Okay. So to, yeah. the, to the medical staff and players and everybody that, that helped keep him alive. Of yesterday. course. Uh, it has to go out to them. And also, yeah, that Oklahoma coming back in that best of three series when they were down one nothing and went in two straight. Phenomenal stuff out of one of the they best. They down to their last loss in every round. Yeah. Best, one of the best probably college – World Series teams all time. I mean, it was women's the teams. most watched women's college World Series. Yeah, it was. It had some buzz, that's for sure. But yeah, that about does it for the weekly walkthrough. You don't have a what to watch for. I know you have a what to watch for. On there, Giannis's play against. The oh yeah, yeah. My series. bad, my bad. I completely <laughs> forgot. Yeah, Giannis. Giannis just needs to step up. I know it's a tough task for him to actually win the series, but I just want to see him play to the level that he can play to and not back down against Mr. Durant. And my what to watch for is also in the NBA. It's the it's the Clippers, and they're pretty much make-or-take game here in Game 4. Do they get the series. job done? Correct. That is it. They That's do? The they do. Uh, no, I've got the Jazz. I've, I've got the, the Jazz, too. But you can't count on Kawhi. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. Is that one today? I don't know. Yeah. Gotta go shoot a story. So. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, we'll get out of here. We hope you all have a great rest of your week. I've been your host, Nick Allen, alongside me, Ethan Psalm. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at WeeklyWalkKCOU. And we are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or